Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of food. food coffee edition. First, three out of every four coffee drinkers can't stand the idea of going a single day without their beloved cup of joe. Oh, yeah. Can't do it. So, yeah, some people I know get headaches if they don't have a cup of coffee. Second, the average coffee drinker refuses to pay more than $3 a cup, which is kind of surprising to me because aren't hmm. the, like the fancy foamy... Uh, whipped creamy kind of drinks a lot more than that, like five mm, or six. Yeah, I think. And finally, in the world of food, a new coffee shop in Birmingham called Modern House Coffee. Yeah, This is really cool. It's giving the homeless a second chance. Homeless employees are going to go through financial literacy and nutrition classes and life coaching to get back on their feet while they're working at the coffee shop. They're going to learn. They're going to learn to charge six dollars a cup for coffee. And <laughs> goodbye, and get back on their ho- feet. goodbye homelessness. <laughs> That's a great idea. Are you or someone you love expecting a baby coming up? Why you might want to try and find some time to take it easy. Are you or someone you love expecting a baby? You might want to try to find some time to take it easy. That's because stress levels during pregnancy have been linked to three-month-old babies who cry, fuss, and fuss more, according to brand new research. Besides, you're growing a human inside you. <laughs> you need to put some time to put your feet up and relax and take a nap now and then. It's it's a lot. Man, I, I was just talking to one of our coworkers whose wife is expecting, and he said she is just exhausted all the time right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go and that that goes along with the experience, right? Yes. Complete and utter exhaustion followed by wild emotional swings, and then you fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> from the exhaustion and wild emotional swings. I think this is a good way to get to know each other on the Kevin and Taylor Show. Getting to know our listeners by taking a trip down memory lane. Picture this: it's Friday night. You're 15 years old. What are you up to? We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Pat, welcome aboard Kevin and Taylor's Time Machine. We're taking you back to being 15 years old. It's a Friday night. What are you doing? Okay, I was the head cheerleader at my high school in Alexandria, Virginia, and I had on my cheerleading uniform. I had my pom-poms that we had to make then. This is <laughs> Out of old shredded newspaper. <laughs> and we liked it. Yeah, Going fun. to the game. It was so And I also had the big thing where the team would run through because we had to make those too. Oh, yeah. I got to have the banner. That's awesome. What a picture you painted for us, Pat. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Thanks for climbing aboard the uh, the time machine with us. Watch your step getting out of the DeLorean. (laughs) We're talking about being 15 years old. It's a Friday night. What are you doing? What are you getting into? I'd, I'd have to say for me, there was probably two or three things I might have been doing. Um, we were huge soccer fans, and back in the day, indoor soccer was all the rage, especially in Baltimore, where I grew up. The team was sold out for like three years straight. You couldn't buy a ticket. Wow. Yeah, but my dad had, he bought me and him and my brother season tickets, and nice. their games were typically on Friday or Saturday night. So I might be there. I might be at my girlfriend Lynn's house watching a movie and eating uh popcorn that we made because we had no money mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't That's afford a cheap date couldn't afford to go out anywhere or and before she came into my life i might have been home by myself 
watching uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Ah. <laughs> How about you? Where is for me, I was probably Taylor Scott? either um, cheering for a basketball game at Jupiter Christian School, mm-hmm. where I grew up and to this day I'm sad that I joined the cheering squad and not the basketball team. Okay. I still think I should have done that. Um, or I was babysitting because I did a lot of babysitting at 15 and I didn't have my driver's license yet. So I had to have, you know, the dad usually came to pick me up. Mm. Um, so trying to gotcha. earn some spending money or my parents went on a date night every single Friday night and left us five girls at home yeah. and we would make this homemade pizza. Oh, okay. That was not very good, but <laughs> at the time we thought it was good. Any, anyone weighing in with anything cool online? Can oh, post, yeah. There's a lot of skating rinks. Tons oh, yeah. and tons oh, yeah. of skating rinks. But before um, 15, that's where I lived. I was a rink rat. Yeah. I was at Benfield Pines Ice Rink every Friday and Saturday night. Jesse was at the youth ranch at church in Texas. We got marching bands. We got a lot of people who watched TGIF on ABC. Hmm. Um, high school football games for sure. And then I love um, Dan. He's not shy. He goes, probably studying. I was pretty much the archetype of a nerd. Okay, the TGIF on, on ABC. I think that was uh, Steve Urkel land. Did I do that? Uh, <laughs> do you feel like you face some unique challenges at your company because you're a mom? They asked mothers that question in a new survey and found that 46% believe others treat them as if they're not committed to their work because they have children. In addition, 51% of mothers think they weren't considered for promotion or new opportunity mm. after becoming a mom, uh, according to a survey of moms in the workforce and what it's like on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it can be tough because you want to you want to be able to do both 100%, but mm-hmm. some, something's got to give, right? So if you're a mom and you just heard what Taylor was talking about, about women feeling like they've been passed over or, or quietly not promoted because they're a mom, why don't you call and tell us about that? Do you think that's happened to you? Has it happened in your work life or have you seen it happen to uh, to other moms? We'd love to know what's going on with you and and the sense of fairness to it. Do you think that was fair? Hey, Kim. So you, you heard us talking about how working moms in a recent survey said they they have all kinds of challenges. Like they feel like people don't believe they're as committed to their work because they have children. Yeah, it's really tough being a working mom. I mean, I feel like the challenges are already there at work and then adding just the perception that we're not working hard enough. It's just it's just really saddening. I mean, I've I, I can't tell how much like I put into my job. I really love my job. And sometimes I don't even see the commitment from others. But for some reason, like, you know, moms just have it tougher. Oh, man. Mm. Do you think there's anything that could make it better? Like, as coworkers, what could your coworkers do that would make life a little bit easier for you at work as far as how they treat you or view you? It's just important for them to realize that, like, everyone has, like, stuff going on outside of work. But it doesn't diminish the fact that like you're dedicated or as dedicated to what you're doing in the office like moms can compartmentalize just as as well as dads do in the workplace and it's just just important for us to realize that like our families are important to us but Mm -hmm. our jobs are too and we want to do the the best thing that we can for our companies Mm. do you ever you ever feel that pull a tug where you you've got to choose between one or the other um sometimes but I've got a really supportive husband, too, so he's pretty understanding, and, you know, he'll he'll pick up the slack where I need him to. That's awesome. I'm so glad you called to share, Kim. Thanks for giving us your perspective and a little insight. Yeah, glad to. There's so many new words and phrases 
uh, in the workplace nowadays, like quiet quitting. Like whoever said that, uh, you know, within except within the last year or so. But I don't think quiet quitting is new. I think it's been around forever. We'll talk about quiet quitting and how it's not a new thing next. So uh, the term quiet quitting, that's something new. It's only been around like maybe a year or so, right? And it's become really popular nowadays to say quiet quitting. But I don't think quiet quitting is new. I think it's been around since the beginning of time. I think it's simply what we've called for years the 80-20 rule. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Right. Mm, That's all that it is. Every work. Think back all the workplaces through your entire career or through your entire life. There are people who were get it doneers. Right. And there were people who did just enough. They never labeled it. They never called it quiet quitting. They just weren't very motivated. Right. That's always Hmm. been true. But we have this this tendency nowadays to want to label, quantify, box up and identify everything. So we call, oh, that's quiet quitting. Or people want to declare, I'm not working hard, (laughs) right? (laughs) Instead of just people used to just not, you know, be ambitious or whatever. They would do just enough, punch out and go home, which was fine. You know, worker bees, they're they're needed, right? They keep keep things moving. But there were always that 20% that would rise above and they were the the high producers. Now I'm forgetting what quiet quitting really means. Like, is it it like they do just enough? You're burned out and yeah. No, it's not necessarily even that they're burned out. They're just, they they are are looking at the workplace supposedly differently and they're recognizing, like, I've got a life outside of work. So they have me from whatever the agreed upon hours are, Mm -hmm. nine to five. But when I punch out, I punch out. And by the way, if I get a 45-minute lunch break, I am not taking 43 minutes. I'm taking 45. There, hmm. But what I'm saying is there have always been people like that. And that's okay. And there's always been 20% that do 80% of the work, be it, be it at a job or at... I mean, we hear it all the time at church, right? There's 20% of the people do 80% of the heavy lifting at church to get things done. I'm just saying that they've labeled it and, and now have declared it a thing. But I'm mm. saying it's been a thing since way back, since, ever since there was a workplace. It's <laughs> been a thing. They just call it quiet quitting now. Talking about this thing that's supposedly called quiet quitting. And I'm saying it's been around for forever. And it's just people. That's just how people are. Like my own kids. We have four kids. And I'll highlight one. Amber is our, she's the 20% that does 80% of the work. Amber graduated high school in three and a half years, college in three and a half years. And she's already, she's not even 23 yet. And she's, uh, she was just promoted from junior account manager to account manager wow. at an That's advertising awesome. firm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's like the youngest person on staff and she's already moving up the corporate ladder. She is going to make her mark in the world. Yeah. She's just ambitious. I'm not going to name names, but of our, the other three kids, not all of them are as ambitious as Amber. And mm-hmm. if they were in the same workplace, the other ones would be, oh, they're quiet quitting. No, it's just that Amber is a superstar when it comes to that kind of stuff. And they're, you know, content to be worker bees. I couldn't resist putting quiet quitting into my Google tips after you started talking about it. And uh, just an hour ago on Forbes.com, an article got posted about quiet quitting. And they feel like it really all comes down to the right type of leadership. And they said when leaders lead with trust and empathy, Workers are engaged, feel supported, and valued by their manager. 
they understand their purpose in the organization and they know how to move forward with their career. Hmm. So that this particular article says it's got to start at the top if you want to get your employees more engaged and more passionate about what they do. So how about you? You find home for the holidays, whether you want to see the faces gather around the turkey or the Christmas tree. These are the best times to buy those plane tickets. They're seeing a huge surge in people wanting to travel this Thanksgiving and Christmas, yet there are fewer flights due to staffing shortages. So the bottom line, book your flight as soon as possible. And if you can help it, definitely buy your ticket before October 20th. If you're willing to fly on non-peak days, you can save yourself a little bit of money. For example, the fewest travelers are expected on Thanksgiving Day and on Christmas Eve. Hmm. So if you can do travel on those days, that'll help. <laughs> yeah, that's, but no one wants to travel on those right. days. That's right. That's why it's cheaper. <laughs> hey, I'm calling you from the airport. What's everybody doing? Oh, we're just sitting down to eat, so we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. We'll try to save you some turkey. <laughs> Maybe you can find Chick-fil-A open at the airport. Hey, do you try to stay relatively in fashion? Well, coming up, these are the outdated fashion rules you don't have to follow anymore. Hey, do you try to stay relatively in fashion? These are the fashion rules that are so outdated, they say you don't have to follow them anymore. Number one, denim on denim is a no-no. Nope. Not anymore. Please wear as much denim as you, as you like. Mm-hmm. Number two, the rule that your belt should match your shoe color and your socks should match your pants is no longer true. Number three, that rule, don't wear white after Labor Day. Yeah, I'm so happy about that one. <laughs> I'm, it seems like I always want to wear white when it's mm-hmm. not when it's after Labor Day. Uh, no hats indoors is out. And the last fashion rule that's outdated, no socks with sandals. Um, even that's a go if that's the look you're going for. Yeah, file that one under UBU. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect anyone to applaud <laughs> with that last one. We were talking about fashion-wise, what's in, what's out. I'm a, I'm a big fan of if it makes you happy, if it makes you confident, wear it. Who cares, right? Um, but I did come across something just the other day, and I'm so glad you brought up what's in and what's out because it was a list of stuff it was normal in the 90s, but not now. Wait till you hear some of this stuff. You're going to hear it and go like, oh my gosh, I totally remember that. And no one would ever do it now. We'll talk about it next. Taylor's talking about uh, fashion do's and don'ts and pretty much saying like, you be you, whatever you want to do nowadays. All, Wear all, white after Labor Day if you all want. All rules are off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but here's a list of things that were normal in the 90s, but not now. Making a CD from Napster. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, everyone, everyone born after 2000 is like, what's Napster? That was how people would get music for free. I think they shut Napster down, right? I can't remember how the story went, but some kid made a platform, college kid made a platform where you could get any song you wanted for free. Yikes. So you can see where the problem was there, but people would burn those on the CDs and you'd make yourself a little playlist on your on your CD, right? Okay, so that, that was normal in the 90s, but not now. Uh, using a floppy disk. Do you remember those? Is that what people would put their homework on? Well, yeah, or work or whatever. Uh That shows what what Taylor was using floppy disks for. (laughs) So that's how long ago that was, right? You were still in school. So yeah, they were the the big, well, they were disks and they were floppy. (laughs) Put them into your computer to save your data. Okay, a couple other things. Blockbuster, right? No, Nobody does that. Oh, normal in the 90s, but not now. Remembering phone numbers. 
Oh, I can't remember any. I know my husband's and that's it. Yeah, me it's too. the only one I know. Me too. I know Tracy's. Uh, waiting for dial-up. Did everyone just, you hear the noise of your computer dialing up when I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Waiting for dial up. Uh, Okay. A couple other ones. Disposable cameras. Um, The Rachel haircut. Oh, yeah. From Friends. And -hmm. not now. And then this one. I love this one because it was so popular for a while. If someone was saying something and you didn't feel like hearing it or they said something you disagreed with, you'd say, Speak to the hand. Oh, yeah. And you'd hold up your hand like, I'm not trying to hear that, right? (laughs) That was normal in the 90s to say, speak to the hand, but not anymore. Taylor, we're talking about uh, stuff that was normal in the 90s, but Mm -hmm. not now. I can't remember if your one hairstyle was 90s or if it was just early 2000s, but didn't, didn't you have a Rachel... Did you have? Uh, no, I had the uh, the page from page. Trading Spaces. That was it. Was yeah, she 90s? the flippy look. Was she nineties or early two thousands? I don't both. know. I'd have to look it up. But you know, it's something that was was um, in the nineties and is still relevant to all of our lives today. I just saw it at a sporting event the other day. What? The Macarena. It's still <laughs> around. It, um, it was debuted in the nineties, and people are still dancing at sporting events. To the Macarena. That the, was on the list of stuff that was normal in the 90s, but not now. <laughs> I didn't mention that one, but for you it is. You know what else is normal in the 90s and is now selling like hotcakes, reselling online? What's that? Beanie Babies. Hmm. Like you can make major money. There's entire TV shows about how much money Beanie Babies are going for. Well, isn't our Beanie Babies kind of like crypto? It's valuable only to the people it's valuable for. I think so, yeah. <laughs> like, if you're not and into Beanie Babies, who cares? Man, I didn't even realize how many Disney classics were born in the 90s. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, mm. and The Lion King all came out in the 90s. Wow. Those are, just, those are still a go for me today. Is it is it too soon to refer to Prince Charles as, I just can't wait to be king? <laughs> is it too yeah. soon to do that? Yeah, he's been waiting a long time. <laughs> they showed him. They showed him last night on the news, and I hit pause and I looked at my wife and I went, "I just can't wait to be king." And she'd said it was too soon. Oh, she did. Yeah, oh. yeah. But she, but Tracy, lover of the royals, she's in mourning. Oh, so. okay. My son laughed. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> Here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, we work really, really hard to give you good, clean fun. Like, we want to keep it lighthearted. We want to put a smile on your face. We want to make you feel good about life and and uh, how loved we are by God. But we all have our stuff, right? It's going on behind the scenes. And there's something that's going on with my family today that I'm sure you can totally relate to. If there is someone in your life you are missing, who are you missing right now? Are they in heaven Are they halfway around the earth serving in our military? Who do you miss? And uh, someone that we're missing a lot today, um, I've shared a lot on the show about how my niece Ariel and her husband are foster parents. And the average placement's about a year. Mm -hmm. And they had these sweet little girls for four years and their baby brother when he came along for two years since he was five days old. And they had to say goodbye to them back in May. They went back to their birth mom and um, today is one of the girls' birthdays. Mm. And so my niece texted me like, hey, tomorrow is so-and-so's birthday. And I was like, no, I know that's so hard on you. So I made a commitment to her that I would be praying for her all day. And I, I have ever since my alarm went off. I, I said a prayer right then for her and her foster daughter that her foster daughter would 
feel her foster mom's love in the midst of her day, you know, whether it's at school where she goes to a school for the deaf or, you know, whether she's Mm. with her birth mom, that she'll feel God's love all day today. And if you could pray that with me, that would mean so much. Ooh, I cannot wait to check in with our producer Griffin today because he said his wife, Sarah's uh, getting involved. She's trying to get the band back together, so to speak, and is getting super involved at school. (laughs) We'll find out what's up in just a minute. So, Griff, um, you were saying your wife, Sarah, is kind of trying to stir things up at school. (laughs) Yes. I I joke that her and some other moms are plotting to take over the school. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. She's gotten involved, you know, on Facebook, talking to some of these other moms. There's multiple Facebook groups going on. And the bottom line is they're trying to restart the PTA at the school. I guess during COVID, it kind of went by the wayside and, you know, people forgot about it and... No one's brought it back, so she has gotten with some other moms. They've she wrote out this whole proposal and everything. Wow! They have a meeting with the school principal. I saw that post online. She had these red hats made that says "Make PTA Great Again." <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> I mean, it makes there's... me think of like Claire from Modern Family. Is she really getting into it? Like, oh yeah, it's a whole thing. Like, and she's spending a lot of time on this. I mean, doing a good job. She wants to be involved and. You know, Aww, now she's so running cool. for any, or she's literally trying to start it up. So she'll start it up and then run for something, or is she like making herself the uh, all-seeing, all-knowing head of the PTA? No, I, I think she's willing to let other people lead it, but uh, but she she's thinks helping organize something in place. Yeah, she seems to be the one who's willing to get it going and you know people talk about it everyone wants it but she's mm-hmm. the one actually doing it so gotcha. yeah i'm proud of her on that and, and yeah. is the end game like is it helping the school raise funds is it having a voice what's the All main the motivation above. yes okay yes. anything and everything to make the school experience better so. wow i'm proud of her that's yeah. awesome she's that's all ex- in when you're already raising two kids and holding down a job and dealing yeah. with a husband like you right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was just about to say that's a lot griff is proud of her because she hasn't asked him to help yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> when she does, then it'll be, honey, I, I think you got too much on your plate. You, you need to rein this in. Let's right. just delegate that to another mom. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm not as technologically savvy as my kids are, but I'm not, you know, helpless when it comes to technology. But there is one thing that baffles me, and I think everyone else will talk about it next. So I'm nowhere near as technologically savvy as my kids are, but I'm not I'm not a technological idiot. I can usually figure things out, except for one thing, and I think this is universal. We need to come up with a standard. We need to codify debit cards and how to use them. Do we swipe it? Do we tap it? Do we bop it? Do we twist it? Remember that game? It's like, where is this going? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised when you go and you you use your debit card. Now, how do I do this? If they said, spin around three times, <laughs> you know, bend over upside down, and then insert yeah. the card, we would do it because we're also like baffled by that there's no universal way to use the debit card. I can card. so empathize with what you're saying because I keep trying to use Apple Pay at a grocery store where they don't have it yet. Mm. And they're like, oh, and I'm like holding my phone, like trying to get it to click. And they're like, we don't have Apple Pay yet. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's this grocery store. If we can tackle the debit problem, then maybe we can move on to the Apple Pay problem. But just one, let's either swipe, insert, tap, just one way. And and think of how much less time we'll spend in lines because everyone stares at the machine going, what am I supposed to do now? And we don't know. 
Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Are you thinking of a career change? This guy might be just the inspiration you need. Carl lives in Cleveland, and he's been an auto mechanic his whole life, just like your brother Scott, Kev. Hmm. He decided, I want to go back to school. He graduated from medical school in 2019 and became Dr. Carl Albi, Albi, and he just got his first job as an attending physician in an ER. He's 51 years old. He said the skills he learned as a mechanic actually come in handy. I've been working on things my whole life. It's just people now instead of cars. <laughs> He's working on people instead of cars. He says everyone has stuff holding them back, but his philosophy is if you want it, go after it and never give up. Wow. What a great story.